Returning tonight just for a quick Bible reading and just a, a brief consideration to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. We'll begin our reading in verse 11. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood far off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not, there are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. One they're reading in verse 19. I was thinking about this passage. I told some of the brethren tonight, the only way to limit me and how much I can say is to go up with no notes sometimes. Having a few notes isn't good enough sometimes that... Uh, I take too many liberties, so maybe the way to safeguard a more brief message is to have no notes. And so I was meditating on this passage this afternoon and thought that this would be just a good word to bring at the end of a Thanksgiving service. When I was younger, still Roman Catholic, very young, six, seven, eight years old, can't remember the exact age, I remember watching the movie Ben-Hur for the first time. And of course, when you're that age, you watch Ben-Hur for one reason, and that's the chariot race, right? It's the, that's the exciting part for a little guy to see the exciting chariot race. But there was another part of the movie that I remember that terrified me. I actually had a bad dream about it after I watched it. And it was the scene when the keeper of the jail was ordered to go in and retrieve Judah Ben-Hur's mother and sister out of the jail cell. And when he went in, you didn't actually see them, but the look on the face of the jailer told the story. Something terrible had happened to his mother and his sister. And you learn later in the movie, the thing that horrified them was that they had contracted leprosy. It's hard for us to relate to leprosy today we can relate a little bit to the effects that transpired or the results that transpired upon the leper. They were ostracized. They were cut off. They were quarantined, if you want to use that term. A couple years ago, we would not have known what that word meant in experience, but now we do. So in a brief, a small way, we can begin to understand what it meant for someone if they contracted leprosy. Two chapters in the book of Leviticus, I think it's chapter 13 and chapter 14, are given over to the process 
of dealing with lepers in the congregation. Two chapters in God's holy word he gives over to dealing with lepers. Naaman, the Syrian, it's one of the greatest stories of the Old Testament, one of the greatest accounts of the Old Testament. The beginning of that passage in 2 Kings chapter 5 goes through all of, Sy- of, of Naaman's accolades. He was this mighty man of war. He was honored by the king. All these things that it says about Naaman. But then the end of the verse says, but he was a leper. In other words, it didn't really matter everything that he did, everything that he had, because he was a leper. It was a death sentence. Slow, agonizing death. That was what Naaman had to look forward to. Cut off. The worse it got, the more cut off he would be from his own people. And if you were a Jew that contracted leprosy, then you were Levitically unclean, ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. You could not worship. You could not function in society. The passage we read tonight deals with these ten lepers and their seeking of Christ to be healed. I just want to give you three thoughts uh, from this passage that we may be able to take with us. The first thought from this passage that we read is that these ten lepers that were cleansed all had much to be thankful for. We just went through the effects of leprosy and what it meant in society. To be cleansed from leprosy was restoration. Restoration to your family, restoration to society, and restoration to worship. You took up your place once again in society. Each one of these men had a lot to be thankful for. You know, leprosy... I think that's why two chapters are given over to it in the book of Leviticus. Leprosy is one of the greatest pictures in the scriptures of the effects of sin and what sin does in cutting us off from fellowship with God. And the need, <clears throat> the need for cleansing and specifically the application of the blood in order for the leper to be cleansed. They say it's a, a picture of sin. And when someone was cleansed from leprosy, It's a reminder to us that only the Lord can forgive sins. And so even in this this picture form, this story form, we can apply this in a greater sense. These ten had much to be thankful for. We as God's people have been cleansed from spiritual leprosy. And only the Lord can do that work through the shedding of His blood. And so they had much to be thankful for. So do we tonight. But when you go on and read the passage, secondly, you read that nine did not return thanks. They did not return thanks. The word thanks is used in verse 16. It fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. The one came back, and we'll get to that in a minute. But nine, they, they did not return to give thanks. They did not return to give thanks. You know, there are so many things in our life that we neglect to praise the Lord for. So often we focus on the negatives in life, and yet we don't take a step back and, like David says, see the Lord's goodness and mercy following us all the days of our life. These nine 
were just cleansed from their leprosy, something that they could not achieve in and of themselves. And yet, in their joy, maybe, maybe they were just so joyful that they ran to tell their family. We don't know. Maybe they ran to tell their friends. Maybe we're too, too critical on them. I don't think we are, and I don't think that was the case. I think they were happy that they were cleansed in order to go on with their life the way it was before. Because the Lord, the Lord condemns them and says, where are the nine? Let's not be one of the nine. Let's not be one of the nine tonight. Let's be thankful for what the Lord has done. And that leads me to the last point. They had much to be thankful for. Nine were not thankful, but there was one who was thankful. He gave thanks, and the word that the Lord uses in verse 18 is, He returned to give glory to God. The ironic thing was it was a Samaritan. The Samaritan did not worship. He didn't abide by the Levitical system. If ever there was a person in the world that had no need, at least outwardly, to return and give thanks for his restoration, it was a Samaritan. There was a whole aspect of leprosy that affected Jews that had no bearing upon the Samaritan. And yet it was the Samaritan that came back and gave glory to God. The word for glory there, it's interesting because we sang Psalm 100 this morning. It's the Greek word doxa. It's the Greek word from which we get our English word doxology. And that's what we sang at the end of Psalm 100. Remember I mentioned that the last verse of that psalm as we sing it isn't actually in Psalm 100. It's the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's where we get that English word from the Greek word doxa. That's why I like Greek. I mentioned that last week. And Greek is, uh, is, is uh, I'm glad the Lord wrote the New Testament in Greek. There are things that you can draw out of the Greek that make instant application because of where we get our English words. Uh, so many of them come from Greek. Doxa. He came back to give God a doxology. He understood the ramifications of what Christ had done for him. And so as we celebrate Thanksgiving, and we see the story here of the, of the ten lepers, let's be the one who gives God the glory to return and give the Lord thanks for all that He has done. Each one of us, because of our union with Christ tonight, because we've been cleansed from our sin, we have even more reason to give God a doxology than even the cleansed leper had. Because whether he died from his leprosy or died from something else, the wages of sin is death. And we're all going to pass away. So he returned to give God thanks. But I think there was a little bit more that he was thanking the Lord for. Because the Lord finished the passage by saying, Your faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. This man was cleansed from his leprosy. But the real doxology he was singing was that the Lord had saved him. And he, he knew the joy of having his sins forgiven. So I say in a certain sense, let's not be the nine. But praise the Lord tonight, we're not the nine. We're the one leper that has been cleansed from our sin through the work of Jesus Christ. And so we have much to thank the Lord for, especially our salvation tonight.
And so I trust that the Lord will bless this time, this testimony time, and this brief meditation from his word. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our Father, we are thankful tonight for the testimony that we have as God's people. That tonight we have given thee our doxology. We have returned and thanked thee once again that we have been cleansed not just from an outward disease, but we've been cleansed from that inward disease, the corruption of the heart, the deadness of the soul. Lord, we're thankful tonight that we can give thee the doxology of one who has been set free, redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. So Lord, bless us tonight, bless our fellowship, and as we proceed through the week to this special time of the year, we pray that we would have hearts that are bubbling over and thankful for all that thou hast done for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.